Ditch the fairy tale, princess. It's time to step outside the status quo and blaze your own trail. The path littered with setbacks, successes, and newfound passions. Why? Because when you break away from the script, you start to pursue a life by choice. One that is all yours. Live unscripted and rewrite your life. Girl, you are going to love today's episode with my girl, Risa Costas. She is a seasoned style expert, speaker, and entrepreneur based in Phoenix, Arizona. She is the founder of top Arizona styling company, Rise Consulting, and CEO and co-founder of the Rescue Kit Company, which is an fashion emergency kit for brides and beyond. She is someone I look to for confidence when it comes to dressing and really just owning your personal style. We talked about so many awesome things today, but one of the main things that stood out for me, actually two, were the the things we spoke about in regards to setting boundaries. Reese's boundaries are airtight, and I love what she shared about her boundary setting with her girlfriends. Um, you'll want to be sure to tune in for that. And then also around taking risks and networking. We both attribute so much of our success and our growth in the last couple of years to putting ourselves out there and networking with people we might not otherwise get a chance to meet. You know, the power of saying hello, the power of connecting with people, the power of knowing that you are meant to take up space is invaluable. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. My girl, Risa, did not disappoint. Set Boundaries, Find Peace was the book that she recommended. And I'm going to be sure to grab that. I'll put the link in the show notes for you guys. But I hope you enjoy today's episode. Okay, so I'm so excited that you're here. I have been wanting to have you on the show for so long. You and I met. uh, Wait, how did how did we meet? Did we meet through I Lindsay? You. No, I think I no. You. Wait, but no, but we we have mutual. We have a ton of mutual friends, and I know through Powerhouse, I've seen you do all the styling with Lindsay for her events. And I, I mean, are you sure I wasn't stalking you? I think this was a mutually stalking stalker conversation. <laughs> Whatever. I'm so glad the universe connected us, and I'm so happy to have you on the show, um, Risa. Can you just like? You do so many rad things. There's been many times in my uh, last year to three years since I've known you um, that I'm like, God, I just want to be her. I don't feel that way very often about a lot of people. I might like like their bag or like their boyfriend or like what they're doing. But I'm like, she gets to literally live this dream fashion life. And it's I know it's probably not all cracked up. Like if people think hairdressing is one of those like glamorous things. I'm like, yeah, it's glamorous for who's getting their hair done. Um, it's not always glamorous for the person on the other side. So can you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Absolutely. Well, let's first start off with saying I don't have a boyfriend, so you don't have to covet my boyfriend. So we're good there. I bet he'll be really hot and smoking and I'll probably just drool over him as soon as you get one though. <laughs> when we find one, you'll be the first to know. Okay. Uh, well, thank you for that awesome introduction. And isn't that funny how we look at people's Instagram or their lives and they're like, oh, they're doing this and they're doing this and they're doing this. You know, that's such a compliment, but it's not always as rosy as it looks. Let's all, let's all just like clear the Take air there. Yeah, totally. But I do appreciate that so much because I do have my hands on a lot of different things. And actually recently my mentor said to me, what's the one thing you want to do? Like, what's one thing? Because you are doing so many things. And I really had to think about that. I was like, I have to pick just one. I said, you know, if I had to pick one, I would, I would go all my eggs in the rescue kit basket. So, and we'll talk about that in a second. And I'm kind of answering your question in a backwards way. So I apologize, but there's a, there, I promise there's a reason. And then I saw him the next day 
and I said, I, I'm thinking about a lot about what you said about how I, what's the one thing I want to do. And I said, I don't want to pick one thing. I have to do them all. I believe that you can be multi-passionate and you can be a multipreneur and that you can put your eggs in a lot of different baskets. You can throw all your spaghetti against all the walls and see what sticks. And if you don't do that, I feel like you're going to wonder. So for me personally, I will never stop doing all the things. Now, does that mean that some things are not getting 100%? 100%. Yes, absolutely. But I don't ever want to look back and say, I didn't take this risk or I didn't attempt this business or I didn't go and partner with this person, even though I have no experience or no business probably working in that field. So anyway, I just wanted to share that little anecdote. But to answer your question, uh, I guess currently uh, the resume would read wardrobe stylist and uh, style coach. So most of my styling has evolved from being in person with clients and really pounding the pavement and pulling from stores and, and running around like a chicken with my head cut off to more style coaching. So you can book sessions with me on my website. And it's really kind of like high level style coaching, high level uh, advice on what to wear to an event or how to pack or just, you know, kind of that like next level. Um, it's not as much handholding as it used to be, as it is, here are the tools Go do with them what you will. I'm a resource for you, but I'm really like a business coach in that way for fashion. And then I'm also, and you know, I'll dabble a little bit in the uh, closet clean out and things like that. I still have the clients that are like, please don't ever leave me. So I'll still, I'll still sprinkle myself in that way. But really it's that high level coaching. And then I'm also, uh, I founded a product line called the Rescue Kit Company. My sister is my business partner. So we make fashion emergency kits for brides and beyond, if you will. But our focus really is on our hero product, the bride kit. So that kind of came from my experience as a wardrobe stylist and bridal stylist and curating this professional kit that sort of had every little trick and tool and resource that I would need to prevent and solve wardrobe disasters. And when I found myself sewing a bride into her wedding dress moments before she walked down the aisle, I knew that it was time to bring it to market and put my brain in a bag and sell it to people so they could have all the tools to uh, feel empowered to solve their own issues. So Rescue Kit is really my little business baby that has uh, pushed me to to the ultimate limit in terms of being a founder, but it has been one of the coolest and most rewarding things to watch grow and evolve and fail at times. Um, and it's been just such a venture doing it with my sister. So that's been really fun. Oh and then I'm, uh, yeah, it's great. And uh, lastly, I am... I just joined a wellness company, which is so far-fetched. And people who know me from the fashion industry are like, what is she doing in wellness? But there is a backstory to that too. I mean, I suffered from PTSD and depression after a car accident when I was 17. And I never really had the tools in my toolbox to heal. And it was such a long journey and a journey of self-discovery and a journey of really having to dig deep um, and find a way out of it on my own. So when I met the founder of this company, it's called Cadre. And it's basically a human optimization platform for people to live their best life, to go and have the tools in their toolbox with authentic vetted wellness creators telling them what worked for them in real life 
um, and really just giving people those those that guidance, that inspiration, those tools to be able to go out and and deal with these things that people are often not talking about um, in businesses or just in life. You know, there's a lot of stigma around anxiety and depression and suicide, and people are really having a hard time navigating these times in this world that we live in. And after everything that I had been through, when I met this founder, I actually met him running a half marathon up and down somebody's driveway. Um, and we just bonded when he told me what he was doing. And I told him just my passion for entrepreneurism. We, we had this gravitational pull toward each other. And I just knew I needed to be a bigger part of his mission. And after we got back from the race and we sort of recapped and he told me more about what he was doing, I just knew that there, there's always been this wellness side of what I do in the styling industry. And I've always been a cheerleader for people. I've been more than just somebody who tells them what to wear. I've been their confidence coach. I've been their partner in crime. I've been the person that they tell their deepest, darkest secrets to when I'm dressing them in their closet. And it's a very vulnerable time for them when they're getting dressed. And I've realized like, wellness is, is so connected to what I do and taking care of people is who I am. It's just a, a huge part of who I am in my soul. So when I really thought about it, it made perfect sense to, to get into the wellness field and, and exercise that part of, of my expertise. So here we are. And, and, and those are all my 8 billion jobs. <laughs> That's amazing. But you can see how they all tie in so beautifully together. Like one wouldn't exist without the other. And you wouldn't have gotten to this last piece that you're involved with now if it hadn't been for your journey of, of getting to do all those things. And so many of my beauty entrepreneur um, family uh, industry listened to this podcast back when it was called the Beauty Inspires Beauty Podcast. That's what I built, you know, my entire business on for 22 years. So you are speaking to your people when we we can feel what you're saying with like being that person for so many of our clients, you know, it's, it's so intimate and vulnerable to sit in someone's chair. It's like the moment you put your hands on somebody, you, we've heard all the stories and shared all the energy in the space. And often we're the first to hear certain things um, that are going on with people's lives. So it's, it's, it all makes perfect sense when you lay it out like that. So I'm so glad that you've come to this place where you're, accepting this can be part of what you do as well and not seeing yourself as someone just on the receiving end, but someone who can also give that help. I think sometimes we feel we need to be so many steps ahead of the people we want to help that we hold ourselves back from helping them at all. When sometimes just sharing your story or being able to connect and be relatable is enough. Um, it, and, and then I'm sure the framework or tools or whatever that this company has will empower you to learn more on how to take care of people or, or work with them in some sort of capacity. So I think that's awesome. It makes sense to me, especially the way, you know, from how I know you and all that. Um, so let's talk about that because you and I share something, a love of connecting with people, right? Networking, putting ourselves out there, connecting people with people. Um, that is like a skill set that did, did that develop as you started your fashion styling career? Or was that something kind of innately? Were you that little girl who always just was like, you know, bringing little friends together or groups? I, 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 I try to think back for myself and I'm like, I just like people and I like attention and I like to be part of the group. I like to be included. I love that you just said that. I like attention. <laughs> I do. I, I fully said that to somebody this morning on a call and I was like, you know what? Let's just call a spade a spade. I, I like it. I like to feel like I'm making a difference. I like to feel like I am the connector. I'm the connector in my family. I'm the one who's like, don't forget it's dad's birthday today. Like these are, these are things that are important to me because I don't know, it gives me a sense of being, it gives me a sense of feeling like I'm a part of something and that I'm helping people to be more productive in their life. And I don't know, is that codependency? I don't know. But like, 
either way. I, I see it as helpful, right? Um, but it's funny that you should ask that because I do think that it was always inside of me, but there were times when I suppressed it. And I think I always wanted to be the person that felt like they were at the center of the gatherings and I and at the center of the friend groups. And I've, I've stayed connected, believe, get, get a hold of this, to my second grade teacher. <laughs> I still call her every year on her birthday. Wow. Uh, I, I sang in her wedding. So obviously she was a huge part of my life, but every single year I'm making that call and sending that text and telling her I love her. And so there is this, it is in my soul. It is a part of who I am. There's always sort of been this like, um, you can rely on me mentality. And it got stronger after my car accident, when I had to take a step back from college and get out there into the business world on my own. And I actually, funny enough, started in hair and makeup for weddings. That's how I really got my launch into beauty and fashion. But when I realized that that networking needed to be next level was at that time, because that was what was going to get me by. It wasn't going to be about what I knew. It was going to be about who I knew, which was the cornerstone of my life and my life mantra. And I realized, Risa, you better kick those networking skills into high gear. And not only that, but don't ever burn a bridge. And you know, my mom always said that to me. It, people are, you want to leave a job wishing that they weren't losing you and waiting for the day that they can hire you back. And I kept that with me and carried that with me throughout my entire life. So it was a necessity thing. It was an innate thing. It's, it's a timing thing. And I think you either know how to harness it and you use it to your advantage when you need to, or you just leave it on the side and you don't pay attention to it. And then you, you kind of leave this boring life, in my opinion, because all of my, my networking and my relationship building has shaped my life. Yeah, same. I mean, I I can't even imagine what my life would be like if I hadn't started to just network and, and get out there and put myself in situations that were maybe uncomfortable or awkward in the beginning. But I was willing to want to get inside of that circle or like they say now putting yourself in that room to even be able to play with certain type of people. Um same. I th- I feel like networking is one of those under undervalued skill sets that people don't talk about enough when they're trying to build a life that they love, uh, let alone build a business that is going to be successful. I think in business, we hear networking all the time. We think networking events. Uh, we hear the word network marketing. We, we, you know, Networking is one of those things. But if you ever want to build a community or if you ever want to build a brand, networking is the key to your success. Because if you can't talk to people or if you can't share your message or if you can't answer the way you did when I asked you, what are you doing? And you know, what are you up to? You have to be able to share that in a way that is... Um, clear that someone can understand. Do I want to, do I want to play with her? Do I want to buy from her? Do I want to hire her? Like I, I want to network with you, but at the same time, like, I think, I think it's that, that skill set that so many people we're innately friendly when we're little, right? Like we want to have friends. We want to be around people. It's a skill set that everybody has, I think. And then somewhere along the lines, we lose it. We lose it because we weren't accepted. We lose it because we weren't invited. We lose it because it didn't give us what we thought it was going to give us. Um, and now I think you and I are a part of this awesome girl gang that's out there in, in the world right now that is just 
being at all the things. We're like, we can't network enough. And it's brought in so many beautiful friendships. And we wouldn't have met otherwise on social if we hadn't been networking online. Um, what are some ways that putting yourself out there has like brought in so much value for your life? Obviously friendships, I'm sure business opportunities, but can you speak to some ways that you can kind of recall that networking like really played a huge part in where you're at now? I can tell you the biggest one. <laughs> the biggest one is, well, I'm a really powerful manifester and I know you love human design. I listen to your podcast, so I know how you feel about that. And I do believe that if you write it, you become it. It happens. If you think it and you visualize it, it will happen for you. And I do think that, you know, on the other side of what we were just talking about with marketing, I do want to say that there is a side of me that also really loves to protect her energy. So even though, you know, as an adult, we have this understanding that the more you network and the more relationships you build, that, you know, the more opportunities will come your way. But I do think for people listening that it is important to have some discernment with that, right? And to really protect yourself and to protect your energy and to protect your sphere and your ideas and all of that, you know, and really have like a discerning eye and a critical eye and ear and heart when it comes to the right type of person. So just wanted to say that, but I'll tell you this story. (laughs) I was, it was, it was like the beginning of the pandemic and didn't know what was going to happen to my business and all these balls were in the air and, and just big question marks around everything for all entrepreneurs and just people in general. And I decided to join uh, Jesse Itzler's build your life resume program, not having a clue really who he was. I just happened to see him on his wife, Sarah Blakely's stories. And he had this crazy fold out calendar and was like, I'm going to plan my year on this calendar and I'm going to carry it around with me everywhere. And I was like, whatever that guy's selling, I'm totally buying it. He looks so fun. I want to be friends with him. I feel like we would like have a great conversation and we'd just laugh and be silly. And he just seemed like somebody I wanted to be friends with. So I was like, screw it. I, I don't have a ton of money sitting in my bank account. And this is probably the most irresponsible thing I could do during a pandemic. Like who is, who's joining like masterminds in the middle of a pandemic and who's joining huge networking groups and communities and spending all this money. But you know what? I was like, I don't care if I have $10 left in my bank account, I'm going to join this group. And I started sort of manifesting and writing down that I was going to be friends with him. This is, <laughs> if he listens to this, he might think this is so creepy. But anyway, it's a great story. So I started journaling and saying, you know, my future gratituding and just grateful for the community, grateful for the opportunity to be friends with Jesse and to get to know him like on a friendship level. Cause I really did see myself becoming friends with him. Well, about a year later, I re-upped for his, um, program again. And we really had some, we had some DM exchanges and, you know, just interaction, like normal interaction when you're in somebody's group, there were hundreds of people, but you know, certain people I think connect in certain ways. So he announces that he's coming to Arizona to run his Ultraman race to sw- to do his uh, Ultraman bike swim and run. And I, so I just bravely <laughs> voice noted him in his DMs and just said, Hey, who's picking you up from the airport for Ultraman? I'll come grab you. I'll bring some groceries and some bananas and I'll just, I'll pick you up and, and, and just make sure that you get to your destination. Cause I live here, you know, it went a little something like that. And he, he writes me back and he's like, deal circle back at the end of the month. So, I mean, it was just this like, 
you couldn't even believe that this was happening because, you know, he's got a lot of people that want to spend time with him and he can have a car service pick him up, you know, all of that. But it was one of those situations where I just, I saw, I saw it happening. I knew I wanted to be a great hostess to him, whether or not he was coming here for me. I wanted to show him that we were hospitable in Arizona and I was in his networking group and I, in his community. And I just, I wanted him to know that there are people cheering him on for his very big thing that he was putting on his calendar. I mean, that race is no joke. Six mile swim, 52 mile run, 171 mile bike. Like just to know that there are people cheering you on. I don't care if you're Oprah Winfrey. If there are people at the end of the race with signs, it means something to you. You're still human, right? So anyway, the opportunity came to fruition and I did pick him up from the airport with a homemade sign and a box of bananas in my trunk. And now here we are a year later and I can safely say I am friends with him and it has just evolved into this really great mentorship. I call it frontorship. Like he's a, he's a, me- a mentor and a friend and it's just kind of evolved into this really cool opportunity to be in the room with some cool people. And it just goes to show that putting yourself out there and networking yourself in such an uncomfortable and weird way, like Who's who who leaves a voice note saying, I'll bring a car full of bananas? I mean, it's so weird, but it worked. And I think that those are the types of situations that you have to put yourself in in order to be noticed in a world full of people who are just trying to pitch their ideas and and get a second with you. Mm, oh my God, what a great story. I mean, that's the whole podcast today, guys. I <laughs> honestly because it's we we overcomplicate things, myself included. I'm sure Reese has overcomplicated many other things and, and situationships before. But that literally, I have actually done similar things where I've reached out and said, you know what? I'm leaving a voice note. If they want to talk to me, cool. If they don't, that's okay too. No, no, you know, pressure around what happens with it. But if you don't put yourself out there, nobody can find you. And that that quote right there is relatable to if you've got a product or a service or a business or you're trying to meet somebody. If you don't, if people don't know you exist or that you want to help or that you want to be a part of their world, then they're going to find somebody else. And I think when you take the time to to put yourself like, hey, me, I'm here, and you're waving your hand, you know, you the the. I'm sure he could tell from the tone of your voice that the message that you left that you weren't some crazy lady that was going to, you know, I mean, he's got a, a, a billionaire wife and he's got car service and he's got a bazillion friends that could have picked him up, I'm sure. So the odds that he was going to say yes to you were probably zero to one. You know, they were like, a no, it was probably a hard no, but you put yourself out there and then there you go. And I think, you know, that's one of the cool things about, you know, the mastermind I've been involved with the Chris and Lori over the years with Fast Foundations of you know, putting yourself in proximity to people that you want to emulate, that you want to mentor after, that you want to be in that energy, that big vibe of they're doing great, cool things. They have a a way about them that you just want to absorb whatever you can from them in any capacity. And I saw recently that he posted that about that calendar. And I was, I was interested in joining it too, but I thought I need to know my intention behind why I'm doing this. So maybe I needed to talk to you today to hope about it and we can chat more about it. But Okay, so we're a couple of networking queens here and we've met so many amazing people and we're living our dream lives and we're, we're doing the things in fashion and you've created a product and not only are you working on self-development, you're now putting yourself in a position to help other people work on theirs. Let's talk about the one thing that I know a lot of women struggle with, which is that boundaries, the boundary setting. And you touched on it a little bit when we were talking about networking. 
Um, I feel like as women, we say yes to a lot of things and we don't ask questions a lot of times. Um, we tend to be people pleasers at heart. Um, it's what makes us such good mothers and friends and all of that. But I know so many people hit burnout when they don't have boundaries. So do you have any advice or stories or tools that you use in order to like kind of figure out what those boundaries are for you and to, and to keep up with all the things that you're doing? You have to have some boundaries in place, I'm sure. Yeah. I am the boundary queen. A uh, couple of things. I have what I like to call no plans plans. So I have this contract with my friends where I'm allowed to make plans. But then if my energy doesn't serve that day, or if something just feels off, or I, I, I'm just not feeling it, that I have, I reserve the right to say, I need to cancel without any repercussions. So when I make these plans, it's it's not like like they're not a priority for me to see them, but I'm so protective of my energy because I spent years of my life giving it up for free and just doing it at my own death to my own detriment and and frivolously without any protection of self. So the no plans plans is a is a really great sort of it's I say contract air quotes. Like it's it's not a hard and fast thing. Nobody signed anything, but there is this sort of like grace that I have with the people that are in my inner circle. And that has been serving me so well. And then it gives them permission to cancel on me if they need to. And, you know, we try to give each other some notice. So we're not, you know, being rude or taking advantage of each other's time, but it just sort of like sets the precedent that like, it's a penciled plan and we're cool with that. And there's no pressure. And then another uh, great thing that I have subscribed to is this book called Set Boundaries, Find Peace. I reread it all the time. Nedra Tawab, she's the author. She's also on Instagram. She gives us bite-sized reels, breaking down her book and all of her tips and tricks on how to set boundaries and do it with grace and do it with kindness and do it with family and coworkers and sons and daughters and mothers and fathers. It's such a beautiful way to live. So I subscribe to that book and to everything that Nedra says, because it's so just digestible and easy to understand. And it just gives you full permission to say the no's and the yeses without any hesitation. Mm, okay. Run, don't walk to get the book. I'll put that in the show notes. Oh, please do. Because I, I literally gift it to everybody. Anybody that I see having an issue with boundaries and then wanting to talk to me about it. I'm like, mm -mm, no, 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 no. I have a gift for you. Like, look, just read, read this book. <laughs> I love you. But like, you're not going to want to hear it from me. I know you just want to use me as a sounding board, but I'm just going to, I'm going to do you a huge favor. I'm going to save you a ton of time and energy. It's kind of like uh, the movie. Um, what was that movie with like, uh, he's just not that into you. It's mm -hmm. like, no, no. Oh, saved me so much time. It's so freeing. It's very similar to that same feeling. Um, and then the other, uh, let's see the other, I have so many different ways that I exercise boundaries. Okay. Here's my other biggest one. This is, this is everybody get your pencil and your pen and just listen up, like turn up the volume on your earbuds, push the pause button, push it so hard. Before you make any decisions that you feel, if there's any hesitation in your mind, you have to push the proverbial pause button and ask for time to make your decision. Nobody needs the immediacy that you think that they need. In this advent of social media and email and everything being electronic and people wanting immediacy, 
you don't have to give in to that. And that has single-handedly saved me from maybe making like some horrible decisions, but also just like really giving myself time to weigh my pros and cons and not feel bound to anything. And I say, push it for at least 24 hours. But if you have the luxury of a little bit more time with bigger decisions, take as much time as you possibly can and stretch out that pause for as long as you can. And that will help you make a clear, informed decision that you feel really good about and not resentful about. So good. I'm going to put all those in the show notes because honestly, like we can, we can think we have boundaries at times, but then we end up in certain situations and we're like, shit, how did I get here? Or how did I end up saying yes to another thing that I don't want to do, or I wasn't meant to do, or I've spread myself so thin that now I don't have all of me to give to the things I actually want to be pouring into. I love the part with your girlfriends that you have that unapologetic, like, listen, this isn't going to work. Um, grace with one another because that's such a big deal and I know we we hold our friends to a certain ex, like expectation sometimes and I think having those conversations up front just create that vulnerability of like listen you don't want to be in my energy tonight I don't have anything to give you and if you run at the levels that we do you know that I mean it when I say that tonight's not the night and I mean how excited have we all been at 7 a.m to make plans for 7 p.m and then by six o'clock you're like oh my god there's nothing I would rather not do than do this um, yeah, 7am the same day. No chance. <laughs> That's so laughable for me. Nobody ever all of my friends, anybody who listens to this will know they'll be like, yeah, she would never make same day plans like that. I, love I, am, it. I, I went from like zero to 60. My entire life was people pleasing. I, I, I was bullied as a kid. So I got all of my sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I guess the feeling of inclusion. Um, I, I felt like people needed me to say yes, or I needed to say yes, I should say. So I felt accepted. And I never really got over that until about five or six years ago, maybe five years ago. I never really like stopped pouring myself so hard into others that it sucked me so dry. And then when I started therapy and I went through a pretty bad breakup with a fiance at the time, I realized I have not really done any self-reflection in my entire life ever. And that, that self-reflection didn't come to me till five years ago. And it was detrimental to my health, my mental health. It made me make horrible decisions. It, it just burned me out as a human being for so long. So I I do joke that I went from like zero to 60 with my boundaries. So anybody who kind of got in my way in the last five years, I apologize if I, if I hurt you with my boundary setting and my hard nose and maybe sometimes a little like edge and attitude, like, like people around me were supposed to know I didn't have boundaries for my whole life. So if you've hung in there and you're listening, thank you for that. (laughs) But, um, you know, I, I think, you really have to find that that sweet spot for you. And I think pushing the pause button and really processing your answers and just asking for grace. I mean, we're all human, right? We just want people to treat us like they would want to be treated. It's such a simple way to operate. But I think people just set these high expectations for people who might not be able to meet them. So knowing where people can meet you at is also super critical to to this boundary setting. Absolutely. I think sometimes we get in situationships where 
we don't accept people for who they are. And that's the part where we, we are the ones who are out of alignment with where we're at and we need to call it is what it is. You know, uh, we can point fingers all day long, but it's, it's turning it around and well, how, what role am I playing in this? And you probably were in a situation you should have gotten out of longer ago than in that. And knowing that when you get through therapy, you can finally do some deep self-reflection and it's not easy. It's not easy to turn around and, and look back at ourselves as to what we are doing or what we're not doing. Um, it's so much easier to say you and you and you, and this is why I, and, you know, um, no matter what you've gone through and, and I can only imagine, you know, being bullied and that shapes you wanting to people please. And I think we, we probably all experienced some level of getting picked on that pushed you into that pattern of behavior to try to appease people because you want to be liked, you want to be accepted back to the part where we were talking about networking. So the irony now that, you know, as adults, it's like, you wish you could go back to your younger self and have that conversation around, this isn't important. Like, don't let these things bother you. And it's like, if only you could teach young girls that like, words are just words. And though they are powerful sometimes, and that we should be careful with our own words, that those, those are just someone else's hurtful things that then they don't define who you are. And I know you're doing some work. I read your, I read what you sent me um, with, with the, the teen girls and helping them, the young girls with, with just like a little bit of mentorship and whatnot. And I've recently gotten back into that myself and reconnected with um, the, the, our girlfriends, Mary uh, around doing all of that. And it feels so, it's like, I'm this age, but then I'm like, you're still a teenager at heart, right? You're still, you're still that little girl who, you make decisions now at this age based off of what happened to you or what you were told you could or couldn't do. Um, and so I think those of us who can reach back and mentor and hold space and share these little conversations with the, with young girls to let them know that those defining moments that you want to carry with you forever and always, like they don't have to be like the end all be all. So um, what would you go back and tell that little girl who was getting picked on? Like, what would you say to her right now? Oh, gosh. I mean, so many things. I think I this is something that I've worked through in therapy so much. Like, you know, you those people, first of all, those people are not going to be around for the rest of your life. And I think that's a choice that we aren't given in a small town when we grow up in a small town with, you know, only 300 people in your graduating class. It's, um, it's not something that's told to us, you know, where we're, there's this idea that you're going to stay in this small town and you're going to marry somebody from high school and you're going to see these people for the rest of your life. So you better, you better, you know, lie in the bed that you've made. And so I would, first of all, tell her that she's going to be doing much bigger things and she shouldn't worry at all about what these people think, but there is just hindsight at the end of the day is just, it's so different, you know? Um, I would also tell her that she has a power inside of her to combat any of these feelings that she's having. And if she can dig deep and, and realize it, um, it's going to help her through the rest of her life. And I think that's something that we don't teach young girls enough that they all have their own beautiful gifts and individual power to overcome anything. I mean, gosh, to think that girls aren't on each other's sides sometimes growing up, is just so sad to me because girl power is such a strong thing. And we have to teach these young girls that they need to be on each other's sides. Um, so I, I think 
younger Risa knew that she had some gifts, but felt forced to suppress them and embarrassed and shy around being big in the room. But I would go back and tell her that being big in the room is what's going to serve you later in life. And I still struggle with that in my adult life. I didn't want to be big in the room. Again, like all of these transformations didn't start happening for me until my late 30s and now into my early 40s. And and I'm still trying to realize the bigness and the greatness that's inside of me because you want to you want to let other people sort of dictate and and we have all these ways to compare and to look around and say, "Well, she's doing this really big thing, so maybe there's not enough space for me to do it." And we talk about comparison syndrome all the time. But what you have to realize is that if you don't stay on your own path, and you get so caught up worrying about what other people are doing, you're never going to realize what your great gifts are. And you're never going to step into that power. Um, and I think it's great to, to look and see and, and to get inspiration from people. But to compare, it's just gonna, it's going to take away all the opportunity that you have for this championing of yourself. I love that. And I knew we would get to this part where so many people listening can relate to still feeling like this. It's not just the little girl version of us because we carry her with us for so long. And it was in a conversation with another coach for the mastermind that we were just catching up after the in-person. And she said, you know, I realized something sitting there. She said almost exact thing you did. She said, I realized I've been afraid to take up space. And she's small and little, like as a human, she's like this little petite, gorgeous girl, just like you. And I was like, you, you seem so confident and like, well-spoken. And wh- what do you mean you're, t- t- you're worried to take up space? And she's like, I've, I've, I was taught, you know, never to outshine anybody or to make anybody else feel bad by my bigness. And, you know, just, we talked about a few other things and I see that happening with so many people who want to start a podcast or who want to start their own business or who want to step into coaching or even become a hairdresser or even do what you're doing. And they look at things like the, there's too many hairdressers already. There's already amazing people like you doing what you do. Um, That comparison holds them back. And then they feel like there's not enough room for them. And I know that goes through any age, really that it's ageless and it, it all starts somewhere because somebody said something to us that made us feel like we were unworthy to take up that space or say what we had to say or be loud or whatever the case may be. So thank you for sharing that story and being real and vulnerable and honest that it's, it's still something that you work on still to this day, as do I, and any woman that I know really also same because every time you push yourself to play a little bit bigger, you're in new rooms. You're with other people that you maybe never thought you'd get to meet. Let's just use your example with um, that guy. And, you know, that is always going to check that new confident version of you. And you're going to go back to feeling like that little girl uh, at some point. And so having these tools to know how to have boundaries, how to ask for what you want to get help, whether it's through therapy or friends or coaching, um, that's, that's, that's what you need to do. You got to get what you need. So what was it that my last question, because I feel like it's so ironic that I just found a new therapist yesterday. Um, Mm. I haven't spoke with somebody in about two plus years. I think I've been using this podcast as my therapy. So thank you to all my amazing listeners. Um, um, it's yeah, that's the, that's free. <laughs> it's great. It's wonderful. It's not free to produce this bitch. I'll tell you that much. It's very, it's a very expensive hobby I have right now, this podcast, but I love it because it's serving me and it's serving everybody who listens, hopefully. But when did you decide that you finally wanted to get like involved with having therapy on a regular basis? Because I feel like some people, there's still a stigma around getting quote unquote help, 
right? Like, what does that look like? People will spend $200 to go to a nice dinner, but they won't spend $200 to go spend an hour with a therapist. Yeah. I always say that my therapy dollars are, they're like in a different bank account, kind of like how you have a different stomach for dessert. Like my therapy dollars are in like my mental health bank. They don't really exist in my actual bank account. So maybe if you can look at it in that way, for those people who are really struggling with, gosh, it's so much money to just get an hour of somebody like talking that I'm talking to, right? I can just talk to my girlfriend or I can talk to my mom, but those people don't, they're, they're, they're not, they're going to be a little bit biased. They're maybe not going to tell you the, the honest truth, unless you want to call me. I will 100% give my friends the honest truth. I'm like, I don't know. I, I might be losing friends a lot in the, in the last year, but I mean, my honesty level is like through the roof. But I mean, you know, I think that when, if you can look at it, like you're like, it's getting a facial or hiring a stylist or it's maintenance of yourself. And if you don't take care of your mind, the rest of you will crumble. So when I started to realize that this was something that I needed to incorporate into my self-care and into my mental well-being was probably after my breakup with my fiance. I think I just knew that I was going to be alone for a little while. And it was going to be the first time that I was actually alone, alone in my thoughts alone physically in a home, uh, alone, like single, and just alone as a solopreneur. And there were just going to be a lot of moments of loneliness, maybe, and a lot of moments to sit with myself. And I knew that if I didn't talk to somebody that knew how to properly guide me through not spiraling (laughs) alone, uh, that, you know, if I didn't find that person, I, I could go down a path that maybe wasn't healthy for me. And I think uh, like, like our friend Lindsay Schwartz always says, you're not meant to do this alone in life or in business. I think that tagline couldn't be any true, more true for every area of your life. Like when are you really doing things completely alone other than like showering or, you know, whatever it is, maybe you're not even doing that alone. Who knows? But, you know, I think like for the most part, we have to have the help. And it will serve us really well if we can set that foundation. Because now I don't feel like I need it as much because I got that time under my belt. It's almost like taking up a hobby or learning a new skill or, you know, learning how to play the piano. I could go sit in front of a piano right now and I can tell you what every note is because I learned it as a child. So if it becomes a part of your routine and a part of your, your self-care, I think you're all you can do is serve yourself well in that way. I couldn't agree more. So I think you always seek, find the answers you are seeking. And it's, it, I laughed at myself when I, when I even glitched at how much she charges an hour. And I thought you just spent $300 on sunglasses the other day. Like go, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like the irony of what I, what I think, you know, is expensive and what's not. And I love that, that analogy of putting your mental health dollars in a different bank account. Because honestly, at this age, like you you and I are both in our early 40s now, like there is nothing I want to take care of more than my mental health, and then my physical and, you know, the rest of it all just goes into place. But if your mental health isn't right, I'll tell you, I've had a six pack and my mental health wasn't right. So it doesn't bring you joy. And, you know, even being in most what seems like perfect relationship, if you're not mentally right, or you don't have that stability or those tools, it's it's going to be tough. So um 
Last piece, I know we didn't get to talk a ton about styling, but if you guys need That's a style okay. coach or if you're looking for people, um, for someone to help you with that, go just go follow her on Instagram and get some inspo there for one, because she's such a glam girl. I, I love your photo shoots that you do. I've been trying to get on the books for a photo shoot. Uh, we will make that happen. Yes. Um, yes. Your work is amazing. And I get Thank to at least you. watch your talents through all of our other friends and mentors that you work with. Uh, where can people find you on social? I know you hang out there a bit. Yes, they can follow me personally on at Risa Costas, and they can also follow the Rescue Kit Company at the Rescue Kit Co. And then on Cadre, if they are interested in their own wellness journey at We Cadre. Awesome. Well, we'll put all of that stuff in the show notes. So you guys, if you're driving or out walking, you can just go back and copy and paste and go check her out. If you love this episode, please let us know. I think this new version of the podcast now being called unscripted is just filling my soul up so much. I was focused a lot on business before I feel like it tended to lean towards those conversations. And I'm just, my soul feels so good after just getting to share and talk about these kinds of real life things that no matter what goes on in your business life, if this isn't, if this isn't addressed or taken care of, it, it really won't matter. Right. Um, so Risa, thank you for your time on the show today. I hope we get to do it again soon. And I hope I get to see you soon in Arizona one of these days. Me too. Thank you so much for having me, Jess. Which one of your girls needs to hear this one? Send this to someone who could use a smile, some encouragement, and a little love from this edgy podcast host. Much thanks and all the love. Love.